This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs on Sports Radio 810 WHB. What I've done is help athletes be the best they can be. We work on giving you that winning edge, that mental edge that will help you realize your potential. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for over 30 years as a sports psychologist. This is the first time I've ever listened to it. I'm on my way to church, and I said, i got to pull over and talk. Right now is your chance to call Dr. Jacobs for free help with any sports-related problem. It's a wonderful form, and it must be a radio for me every time I'm in the Kansas City. This show is about you. It's about having fun, working hard, building self-confidence, having the right attitude, being a good teammate, being a good parent, and being a good coach. Now, here's the sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Good morning, everyone. I am sports psychologist, Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and we are on the Leader in Sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. It is a big day in Kansas City this morning. It is storming outside. It is raining. It is thundering. It is lightning. And there is a football game going on today. Big one. Chiefs home opener against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know a lot of people are pumped up and excited, especially after the Chiefs' big win a week and a half ago at New England over the defending Super Bowl champions. Today, we will be talking a little bit about this whole issue with sports about overcoming negativity, overcoming failure to build your confidence up. You know, I've been here for 16 years. I've been on the radio in Kansas City now for 26 straight years. I've been working as a sports psychologist for 37, or excuse me, 36 years. I'll give myself an extra year. Um, actually, this is my 37th year now that I think about it because I started September 1st in 1981. Anyway, the fact of the matter is, over my career, I have worked with so many people regarding the whole issue of self-confidence, the whole issue of success and failure and how do you win, how do you succeed, the belief system, the attitude system. I've had hundreds of guests in my 26 years on radio whom I've talked to about these topics. And, you know, we're, we're starting a big season here with the Chiefs, a lot of expectations on them. Because of their huge win at New England last week, there are a lot of expectations that this team has Super Bowl possibilities. Well, you know what? Nobody knows. Nobody has any idea right now because they played one game and they have 15 more to go before they would make it to the playoffs. When I talk to people every week about expectations, and that is a huge, huge word, expectations. What do you expect to do? What is your team expected to do? As a fan, and I know people are all pumped up about going out to Arrowhead this morning, Hopefully this rain will be out of here and the tailgating experience will be fun and the game will be fun. But I know everyone talking over the last week, their expectations are high on the Chiefs. Well, if you're a sporting KC fan, you should have pretty high expectations on them too. They're right in the thick of it to win their division and make the playoffs. If you're a Royals fan, I know you're getting down in the dumps. It looks like they're not going to make the playoffs. There's still a chance, but you know they're going to have to start turning things around. They've got, I think, what, 14 games left? Rudy, my producer, is that right? I think about 14 games left to go 
and they're about three and a half, four games out, out in the wild card. So they're going to have to really turn it around, but they've done that before. You've seen this team do it before. Expectations, belief, mindset. How important of a role does that play in success or failure? As a sports psychologist working in this realm for, as I said, now my 37th year, I've had the privilege to work with professional athletes, Olympic athletes, collegiate athletes, high school athletes, youth sport athletes, weekend warriors, every type of athlete. And in the end, I believe so much that it comes down to that internal belief about yourself. Can I do it? Am I capable of doing it? Will I do it? All right, so let's take the Chiefs last week. They go into New England, an underdog. New England is heavily favored. What do the Chiefs do? Opening drive, New England right down the field and scores. Chiefs get the ball. Kareem Hunt, first NFL regular season carry, fumble. A young man known for not fumbling in college. Physically upset, goes to the sidelines. But what did you see going on? You saw players and coaches coming up, patting him on the back, reinforcing him, telling him not to worry about it. So what does he go and do? Has a career day. Incredible start for a rookie. He fumbles on his first carry. Yet he has maybe one of the best, I don't know if it was the best rookie debut for running back, but it was pretty darn good. The Chiefs go on to win that game. Now, of course, everyone's going to pick them to win today. Does that mean they will? No. But here's the situation, and this is why I've, I know a lot of people on radio in town have, have dogged on Alex Smith. I have not. I have been a believer of him. I think he is a leader. I've never met him, never talked to him. But observing him and watching him, he shows me the signs of somebody I'd want to have as my quarterback, as somebody I want to lead my team. He's a communicator. He appears to be, at least. He obviously takes a lot of pride in what he does. And all the criticism on him from a lot of people, I don't think, bothers him because he focuses on what he has to do. So how do you build that belief? How do you build that positive mindset? How do you overcome that negativity? How do you not let the demons in your mind get to you? Well, that's what I want to discuss with you today. Because, look, we have no idea what the Chiefs are going to do this year. Everyone's going to have expectations and beliefs. We don't know. We'll know beginning of January when the playoffs start. I've been going to Chiefs games since the first game they ever played. My father took me. My father, uh, Dr. Walter Harvey Jacobs, was a very successful gastroenterologist in this city for years. And a good friend, Les Milgram, one of the neatest people I've ever met in my life, got us to go to the games, and then he actually took us to the first Super Bowl. And I'll never forget that experience. I've got the ticket stubs and the program and all that stuff. I saved all those things. They mean a lot to me. They're put, put away in the bank so for safekeeping. But anyway, I've been going to these games forever. I've been seeing the ups and downs that this franchise has had since day one. And I watch how people live and die emotionally with this team. When Lynn Elliott missed those field goals, 
there was a self-help group downtown for about a month for people who were so distraught, which I thought was a little ridiculous because some people put their identity so much with these sports teams they forget who they are. But what do we learn from all this? I think we learn so much about life. We learn about what we can do, what we can't do. And you have to continue to look in front of you. I have a philosophy in life. I like to look out the front windshield, not the rearview mirror. A week ago today, I attended the funeral of a man very close to me. His name was Howard Schwartzman. He was my former father-in-law, a man I love very deeply. And Howard was 91 years old when he passed away, a couple weeks short of his 92nd birthday. An incredible man who had a knack for concentration and focus that I've never seen. He could sit there and concentrate on things better than anybody I've ever known. But he also had this belief of working hard, of concentrating on what you got to do. And he taught me a lot. And I just wanted to mention that today to everybody. He was a wonderful man. I want to, I know he's up there listening somewhere. He was a big fan of my show. And, you know, you learn from the ups and downs in life that we have. I learned a lot from Howard, and I want to thank him for everything he taught me. And I want to thank so many people for the things they've taught me along the way because we are reflections of our genetics, the way we're raised, and the environment we're in now. So, will the Chiefs win today? We'll know about 3.30. What will it take to win? Obviously, there's the tactical part, there's the, te the technical part, the physical part, but then there's the mental part. It comes down to mindsets. So I want to open up our phone lines early. It's early in the show, but you know, I know a lot of you are already on your way out to Arrowhead, the tailgate. And obviously be careful with this lightning and thunder right now. Looks like on the weather, it'll hopefully get out of here pretty soon. But I want to open up our phone lines. I want to find out from you, how important is the mental part in sports? You know, I'm a sports psychologist. I preach it. I talk about it. I promote it. Obviously, to me, as I always say, you can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will come out on top. I want to find out from you, as a fan, as a coach, as a parent, as a competitor, as an official, as an administrator, how important is the mindset, your mindset, your attitude, the mental part of sports? Our number is 913-3810-810. If you're on your way out to Arrowhead this morning to start tailgating, I'd like to hear from you. If you're listening at home, I want to hear from you. If you've played sports, if you're involved in sports, I want to find out from you just how important is the mindset in success and failure. To me, the greatest lesson we learn is not when we win, but when we lose. In our book, Just Let Him Play, that I co-wrote with Jeff Montgomery and Hall of Fame swim coach Pete Malone, our third chapter is called Embracing Failure Can Lead to Fun. And the reason that that chapter is in there is because I think today in our society, we don't teach kids how to fail the right way. It's either sugar-coated or they're yelled and screamed at instead of coached. I think failure should become something you're not afraid of, but something you embrace, something you learn about, and you grow from. How did Kareem Hunt last week overcome that fumble? Well, probably with that attitude. <coughs> Excuse me. He obviously was bummed when he fumbled the ball. You could see it. But 
his performance afterwards said he was able to shake it off. So to me, mindset played a key role with him. That's preparation, it's attitude, it's confidence, it's focus. So let's get some calls in here. I want to hear from you. If you are a sports fan, if you are a sports competitor, how important do you feel the mental part of sports is? 913-3810-810. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every Sunday from 7 to 8 a.m. Let's get our phones going right now. Let's get some calls in here and let me see what you think. You know, last year, 2016, was an extremely interesting year in sports because all th- the in, in football, baseball, and basketball, three of the, the major championships, all three teams that won came from behind. As we know, the Patriots won the Super Bowl after being down 28-3 to in the third quarter, winning in overtime. The Cubs won the World Series after being down to Cleveland three games to one with games six and seven in Cleveland. And the Cavaliers won the NBA championship a year and a half ago after being down three games to one the Golden State with games five and seven in Golden State. How did they do that? They should none of those teams should have done that. Right? But to me, I think it happened because of their belief systems, of their confidence, of their ability to focus on the task at hand, on their ability to concentrate on what they needed to do at that moment. And not get caught up with results. Focus on effort and execution. I have a saying, foe versus four. F-O-E versus F-O-R. F-O-E is focus on effort. F-O-R is focus on results. Too many people when they're competing are focusing on results. They're focusing on the score, on their stats, and not enough on their effort. When I was the Royal Psychologist one day, during batting practice, one of the players comes out of the cage, grabs me and says, Doc, what's wrong with me? And I'm like, nothing's wrong with you, man. You're a good man. He goes, no, Doc, I suck. I can't hit. I'm terrible. He goes, you know what my stats are? I said, yeah, you're hitting about 230. He says, yeah, that sucks, Doc. That's terrible. I'm a 270, 280 hitter. And I said, well, let me ask you something. What are you thinking about when you're in the, in the box? He says, Doc, you know what it's like to stand in that batter's box and see that scoreboard with all your stats up there? I looked him right in the eyes, and I said, no, I have no idea. I've never done that before. I'm not a Major League Baseball player. But let me ask you a question. You're looking at, yeah, you, I'm looking at, I see my stats up there. And I point blank asked him, shouldn't you be looking at the pitcher? And he got this big smile on his face, and he grabbed me. He says, Doc, man, that's why I love you, man. He goes, you're right. I'm, I'm not thinking about what I need to be doing. I'm thinking about everything else. So yeah, focus on what you're doing at the moment. He went two for four in that game. He ended up hitting about 250 for the year because this was mid-July. But he turned things around started getting better. And one of the things that we really focused on was what he was focusing on. Because I think too many people focus on results or what they've done or what the expectations are. Or they let themselves get caught up with everything else around them and not enough on themselves. All right, 913-3810-810 is our phone number. I want to hear from you. Nobody's called in yet. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. How important does your mindset play a role in your competition? How important of a role do you feel it should have? 
And what happens when negativity happens? What happens when you fail? What happens when you strike out, when you fumble, when you miss a shot? You have a two-foot putt and you leave it short. You double fault match point. I saw an Olympic swimmer once in a competition knowing he was ahead at world record pace in the 200 free at the final turn at the 150, he turned and missed the wall. He was so pumped up about how fast it was going, he forgot to go all the way to the wall because he was thinking about results. All right, 913-3810-810 is the number. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I want to get your opinion. If you're a coach, if you're an athlete, if you're a fan, where does the mindset come into play? How important of a role does it play? If you're a coach, how do you teach a proper mindset to your athletes? If you're an athlete, how do you develop one? If you're a parent, what do you do to try to give your ath- your young athletes a chance to be successful? Okay, 913 is the number. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and we are the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and we are on the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHB. The best Chiefs coverage is on this station, so listen to the station as it lead up to the game this morning, and then afterwards, with the analysis that goes on, I always listen to it on my drive home, usually in a good mood when I'm leaving Arrowhead because the Chiefs have won. Today's topic is the whole issue of mindset. And I want to find out from you, if you're on your way out to Arrowhead right now, if you're, a, if you're an athlete, if you're a coach, if you're a competitor, you're a fan, how important of a role does the mental part play in success and failure in sports? Our number is 913-3810-810. No one's called in yet. I'd like to get some calls in here, get a conversation going. We always end up getting a lot of calls at the end of the show and can't get everybody on. And usually it's sort of slow as we get started because it's early on Sunday. But. If you are a coach, I want to hear from you, how do you coach mindsets? How do you coach attitude? How do you coach confidence? Or can you? I said earlier, we're reflections of three things, in my opinion. Our genetics, the way we're raised, and the environment we're in now. And if we have learned how to succeed and fail in a positive, constructive way, I believe you will have a heck of a lot greater chance to succeed as you get older. In whatever you do, it doesn't have to be sports. It could be sales. It could be relationships. It could be whatever. I'm 62 and a half years old. I've had a lot of things happen in my life, positive and negative. But one of the things I've always tried to do is have a positive mindset about what I'm doing. Lots of failures. Lots of things have gone wrong. I don't know anyone who just, everything is perfect all the time. You have to understand that. And in sports, you have to overcome it. Like I said, last week, Kareem Hunt and his first carry, first carry in the NFL. Don't think that young man wasn't excited. Fumbles the ball, and he's known for not fumbling. And what does he do? He has a career day. How was he able to do that? I believe he was able to do that because he has a good mindset. He was able to overcome that. He believed in himself. I've never met him. I don't know anything about him outside of what I've read from the Chiefs. But obviously, that young man had the ability to overcome that failure. A lot of people can't do that. That will become what they're known for. 
Mindsets play a role. I'm a sports psychologist. I believe in it. But I want to hear from you. 913-3810-810. What kind of a role does mindsets play in your opinion in sports as an athlete, as a coach, as a competitor, as a fan? And we've got our first brave caller in the morning. Let's see what Jason has to say. Jason, good morning. I'm Dr. Jacobs. How are you? Uh, good morning. How are you? Great. Uh, you know, growing up, I had some really good coaches, and they always said, give 110%, 90% mental, 20% physical. And it's kind of been that way throughout life and my profession right now as a firefighter. And I just kind of want to hear your opinions about that. Well, let me, let me, let me ask you a question here. And, and I hear this a lot from people, give 110%. And I know what people mean when they say that. But, but Jason, what is 110%? To me, like, like I was coached, 90% mental, 20% physical. You know, everything that you, you want to do, if you want to work out and get bigger, you give that 90% mental part of getting that 20% bigger. And you know, you're already a physical athlete. So really, you got to have that mindset of to get bigger, you know, to push yourself, and that and that's that's how I see it. All right, so, let, uh, let me let me let me ask this question then. Um, give me an example, if you would, of of a situation where you have failed before. I you know, I don't know. I haven't played sports. Well, in a while, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be sports. It could be anything. Where where has something gone wrong for you? If you'd like to share it with us, and how did you overcome it? I cannot give you a, an example right now. I'm sorry, but well, then you're, you're a pretty su- you're a pretty successful guy. Okay, but let then let's use an example. Let's take Kareem Hunt the other day. Did you watch the Chiefs game? I did. Okay, he fumbles on his first first carry, and a man known for not fumbling, right? Yeah. How do you think he was able to overcome that and come back and have the not only continue to play but have an outstanding game as he did? I think he just kind of reset himself, you know, start with the basic, focus in. So he probably used that 90% just to focus in on, you know, what went wrong as opposed to not what went wrong, but what he could do better. You know, I, I was I shared earlier philosophy I have. I like to look out the front windshield, not the rearview mirror. Obviously, if you're looking out the rearview mirror too much, you're going to crash. But everybody's going to have those stumbles. Everybody's going to have those negative situations. So when we do, you're saying the 90% mental from your perspective is looking inside yourself and to have that belief that you know you can do it and you'll go, go after it. Is that, That's basically what I think you're inferring. Yeah, as opposed to focusing on what went wrong, focus on what you can do right. And that's taken you through life and it's helped you become successful in what you do? Personally, yeah. Well, sir, I want to thank you. First of all, being a firefighter, I want to thank you for what you do for us. You guys are not appreciated as much as you should be because you're only talked about when there's a fire, but you guys are always on call doing things, and I actually work with a couple of firefighters, and I uh, want to thank you for what you do, sir. Well, thank you very much. I, okay. like, I like your show. Well, thanks. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Have a good day. All right, that frees up our lines, 913-3810-810. How important of a role is the mindset in success or failure? If you are a coach, we're, we're, high school sports are in full swing right now, football, cross-country, uh, soccer, all kinds of things are going on. You're out there coaching these kids, and they screw up. How do you get them to move on from that? How do you get someone, a young person, to overcome failure? I think that is perhaps the most important component of what it takes to become successful in sports. We are going to screw up. 
we are going to make mistakes. And so to me, that's where the mindset plays a role. I share on this show all the time, there are four key words I talk about. Preparation, focus, attitude, confidence. You've got to have a good mindset in terms of being prepared. What's that mean? Have a mental game plan, physical, psychological, emotional, spiritual, nutritional. What do you do to get prepared to play? What are the things, the aspects of what you do to get prepared? That's the mental part. Focus is your ability to obviously concentrate on what you need to do. And you've got to be able to focus on what's in front of you. If you focus on what's behind you, you're in trouble. And you've got to deal with distractions. You've got to deal with the negative situations. Attitude is how you feel about yourself. How are you going to deal with your feelings, up or down? And then that takes us to the confidence part. And the confidence part, to me, is the foundation of all of it. If you believe enough in yourself, it is not going to bother you that you've screwed up. You won't like it, but you're going to move on. I see so many people who will fail and get stuck in that negative mindset, and then they're screwed. They're done. They can't move on because they're so negative with themselves. Look, I've been a sports psychologist, as I said, this is my 37th year now. I've been doing about as long as anybody in the country. And, and what I see with people, and it's not just sports, it's life. If you can look at what's going on, and you can have a belief that I can overcome this, you will get somewhere. But if you're stuck on what's wrong and why you're not good enough and why you can't, you're done. It's a, it ain't going to work. All right, 913 is the number. Let's see what Mark has to say. Mark, good morning, sir. How are you? Mark, hey, good morning, Dr. Jake. How are you doing today? Doing well. Hey, I like your show. Thank you. Get I think to- this is a great topic, and uh, I did over 25 years in the military as an officer, and uh, one of the things that uh, really struck me on this conversation, and you're saying confidence in the military, we say motivation. And uh, what motivates an individual or a unit, or in this case, the Kansas City Chiefs or an individual player, uh, your mindset thing, what we talk about is trust. You know, all those things that you're, you're talking about, I think, are absolutely true. Uh, in the military, we say, well, do you trust yourself? What are your strengths and weaknesses in your equipment? Or if you're a running back, quarterback, whatever, what are your, what's your trust in your own abilities? What Do you know your strengths and abilities? Well, do you trust your equipment, your coaches, as we said here in the uh, – the sports analogy, and uh, if the answer is yes to all that, it's it's a lot easier to be motivated that with a unit or with a team that they're going to do and pick you up. They're going to if you have a weakness, someone else is going to have a strength, and that and that's exactly what we saw. Just like you said, uh, I watched the game as well, where people went and said, "Hey, hey, bye, no big deal. Pick yourself up off the bootstraps and do it again." And uh, let me ask you, let me ask you a question, Mark. I, I really am intrigued with what you're saying here, and I, I appreciate you calling in and sharing this. The word trust is such a strong, important word in life. I mean, not just sports, but in life. But in sports, how do you trust? How do you develop that trust with your coaches, with your teammates, but most importantly, with yourself? Just for me in the army, uh, the trust was. Shared life experiences, training. We are doing what we call equality of suck. We're, we're getting rained on together. We're eating the same meals. We're doing the same fun stuff and bad stuff, the hardships of training. 
exercise, lifting weights, if you will, in the, in the uh, NFL, going to practice after. So shared life experience has helped to develop trust. I think you hit it right on the head. That, that's, that's great. You know, and first of all, thank you for your service to our country, for what you've done in the military. Like I said, the firefighter earlier, you guys don't get enough credit. And, you know, if you're successful in whatever you do, you have had to have overcome failure at some point. So if you would, share, give us a story or situation where that some kind of negativity or failure happened to you and how you overcome it. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, in, in the Army, for example, I know, number one, when you, you know, unfortunately, you know, I went to all the wars, Afghanistan, Desert Storm, Iraq several times, and you don't, you're not going into that situation pretending that you're good at something or you're knowledgeable of everything. You better know what your weakness is straight up and surround yourself with people. If you cannot overcome that weakness, surround yourself with people who can overcome that by being around you. Mine was radios. It is uh, the technology of setting up and establishing radio nets uh, is significant. And it's, there's a lot of techniques and tactics that you got to do to incorporate this. And uh, it's, they're hard to establish in your vehicle, et cetera. And so what I did was I practiced a lot with my, you know, I was an officer. I got out as a lieutenant colonel. I surrounded myself with young privates, lieutenants, captains, sergeants. It didn't matter what their rank was. I'm not going to be big head and say, well, I'm the colonel. Uh, No. Heck no. There's no second place in war at all. You better get it right, get it right, and understand and put your self-esteem to bed. And that's kind of how I did it. And I could, you know, getting lost in the middle of the woods, it's embarrassing. Get over it. Learn from your mistakes. Have someone who know, who's better than you train you because you better be successful. And not, and not get down in the dumps and depressed about the fact that something's gone wrong, but learn from it to, and grow from it and get better that's, from it. That's right. And Kareem Hunt said, you know what, uh, the, the enemy is, is a great court, uh, running back, his coach. Hey, this guy had lived to live you know, life, walk to walk, talk to talk. His personal experiences, and as a young officer and then as an older one, hey, I want to learn from other people's experiences so I don't have to do the same and repeat the same mistakes. And once you you can do that in life, whether you're a high school student, college, or whatever, don't repeat the same mistakes over and over again if someone else has already experienced that. If it's your old man, your dad, your mom, your brother, hey, guess what? My brother had a hiccup in life. I'm not going to do that. Learn from others. Well, I think you've shared, I, you've shared some incredible information here, Mark, and I want to thank you for calling in. That's just awesome. And it, thanks, Dr. Listen, and, and thanks for listening, and thanks for, for the compliment. I appreciate it, and good luck to you. All right. Love your show. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. All right. Let's go next to John. He's been waiting patiently. John, how are you this morning, sir? John, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Sir. Go ahead, sir. You're on the air. Um, I just wanted to talk about my son. He's a field goal kicker, and the way that he tried to overcome or tried to gain confidence was to recall his practice experiences. So they would break down the actual field goal kick into very small increments, uh, a no-step kick, a one-step kick, trying to make sure that the foot would hit the ball in a very specific spot. And to help him gain his confidence, he would, he would go back to those minute little mini steps that he took in, in making the kick, even when, you know, it was Friday night and the lights were on and all that kind of stuff. 
I think that's really important to know. And, and um, you know, I've been on the air here for 26 years, for several years. Former Chiefs kicker Nick Lowry co-hosted the show with me. I worked with Nick for four, his last 14 years he played. When he retired, he was the most accurate kicker in football history, and he made more field goals than he'd be in the history of football. And one of the things that we worked on, we talked about on the show extensively, was his, his mindset, his, his visualization, and his game plan. And he had a very, very strong mental game plan. And he never thought about if I'm gonna make, if I have to make the kick to win or if I miss the kick, we lose. He focused on execution. It's a 35-yard kick. It's into the wind. The wind's blowing light to left. Where do I need to, where do I need to aim? What's my goal here? He wouldn't think about it. It didn't matter if there was two seconds left in the game or it was the first quarter. His focus was on executing that kick. And it sounds like that's yes. similar to what you're telling your son. Very very much so. It's where the plant foot should land and where the, the foot should hit the ball. And that's what you're trying to uh, focus on uh, because you've practiced it over and over again. And I think so. The, the key is to, to practice those things and think about those rather than not than the outcome of the kick. Yeah, and that and that's that's my point. FO, I call it foe versus four. FOE versus FOR. Focus on execution versus focus on results. If you focus on executing, then you give yourself some, a, a much greater chance to succeed, whereas if you focus on the result, I have to make this or I have to do this, then you're not concentrating on, on executing, and then you get yourself screwed up. And it sounds like you're, you've been telling your son the right things, John. Thank you. Well, thanks for calling in, sir. I appreciate it. You have a great day. All right, 913 is the number. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Here's our topic today. How important is the mindset, the mental part of the game? What kind of a role does it play in succeeding and failing? You know, it's the Chiefs home opener today against the Eagles. They're 1-0. They beat the Patriots, the defending Super Bowl champions on national TV. Week and a half ago, now it starts at home. Will they win? Will they lose? We'll know around 3.30 today. But what do you think is going to happen, and how important is the mindset. Listen, I, I've worked with many Chiefs players over the years privately, and they all tell me, and I've been down on the sidelines at games before, that stadium is so loud, and when the fans get into it, you cannot hear anything. You just can't. So that's where, you know, the, the whole trust issue comes in. We had that call earlier about trust. All right, 913 is the number. Let's see what Manny has to say. Manny, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing good all the way here in Ohio listening to you guys. Oh, well, thank you. Pumped about our Chiefs, and I think there's so many things that uh, you're talking about today that relate to this team. I think Alex Smith, you're seeing him respond to uh, the adversity of Mahomes behind him, I believe. Uh, and, and, and just in life, though, this topic is something that goes so many different directions, trying to fail forward. I, uh, I'm a pastor, and so I'm getting ready for church my way in and decided to lose you guys, and you gave me about three, four weeks worth of sermons just to listen to you. So uh, these are things that people need to hear um, just about life, how to fail or how to make the most of your adversity and come back, make a comeback. Well, you know, in, in our book, I mentioned this earlier, the book I co-wrote with Jeff Montgomery and Pete Malone, Olympic swim coach called Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes for Youth Sports, we really try to emphasize that, the importance of understanding that. And I think that that needs to be taught to kids at younger ages that I see so many kids in my office. I'm working with younger and younger kids these days, as well as professionals, who it, it, it's like when they fail, it's like they're, they're criticized, they're ridiculed, they're yeah. insulted. Instead of saying, okay, that's a bummer, but what did you learn from that? How do you get better from that? And, yeah. that, and well, that's the key, I think, Manny. 
how do you learn Absolutely. when something goes wrong? And you know the game. You know, as they say, it ain't over till it's over. Things aren't done till it's done. But you know, right. if, if you let your your negativity consume you, you're in trouble. Well, one one thing that I say oftentimes to folks, um, and and, and I, this pertains to sports, but also just in life in general, you have two choices when something bad happens to you. You can either be a victim or a victor, and the victor mentality is simple. All you have to do is get back up. If you can just get back up, you're not going to be perfect. You may strike out again, but just have the mental fortitude just to stand up again and keep doing the thing that you said earlier today. Um, you know, effort or what, what are you playing for? The effort or for the, the, the um, results. Um, results. That was, that was profound. That, that's going to help me out so much moving forward just because I think sometimes we get our focus on the wrong thing as opposed to just having that toughness just to stick it out. And I'm going to be a victor, not a victim, in any area of life. And that's exactly right, because it doesn't matter what you do, things are going to go wrong, and you've got to find a way to overcome that. Listen, sir, I want to thank you for calling in all the way from Ohio. Thanks Thanks for listening to us. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Go Chiefs. Okay, thank you. Have a great day. Uh, Let's go next to uh, Joe Rader. How are you, sir? I'm all right. Thanks for taking my call. So my question to you would be, how do you handle the Chelsea, uh, Travis Kelsey deal? I mean, he does this all the time. Apparently, he can't be coached not to do it. And he's going to end up hurting your Chiefs in the long run. He keeps it up. Other teams know how to get to him. So, I mean, he's a great player. He's one of the best tight ends in the game. How does somebody try to get inside him? Tell him you can't do this. I mean, it's okay to be emotional when you play sports. When I played, I was emotional. But I would never cost my team or do something stupid. Well, okay, impulse control, Joe, is a real important component of success. And obviously, Travis Kelsey has some issues with that. It's pretty obvious. He did it last week again. Um, And he's got to learn. I mean, look, I think he's the best tight end in the NFL. I think he's better than Gronkowski. Uh, His enthusiasm for the game is incredible. But he's got to learn how to balance that out. And. I think one of the things I've worked with many, many, many athletes, professional athletes who've had these issues before. There's a pro soccer player. I'll give you an example. Pro soccer player I worked with years ago who led his league in penalty minutes. He would lose it. And we got him in a trade here uh, with the team I was working with, back with the Comets back in the 80s. This guy was the nicest guy off the field, nicest guy off the field. But in the game, he'd lose it. So we started working on We were We went to lunch. We're on the road in San Diego. And uh, we went to lunch. One of the other players said, listen, I want to talk to Doc, man. we got, we got to figure this out. So we go sit and talk down about what's going on. And I said, what happens? He goes, you know, I just, I just lose it. I just – I get so angry, I flip out. And then he get a penalty – you know, get caught for a two-minute penalty. It cost, it cost us a man down, and it, it caused problems. So I said, how often do you breathe? And he goes, Doc, well, I breathe all the time. I'd be dead. I said, right, but how often do you use your breathing? When you get angry – You've got to, to, to focus on your breathing. And before you, you blow up, take a deep breath and blow out and count to three and say, should I or shouldn't I? And he, this guy's a bright guy. And I think Travis Kelsey's a pretty bright guy. I've heard him speak. If he could learn when he's about to lose, you know, when he threw the uh, flag at the ref last year or when he does one of these dumb things, if he could learn how to breathe and, and just quickly, one, two, three, should I or shouldn't I? I guarantee he wouldn't do it. There was a Royals player. I worked Hold with. on, sir. I'm sorry. You guarantee he wouldn't do it? Would or? not. If he does that successfully, I can almost okay, guarantee. He, would, he, would, he, 
make, he wouldn't make the bonehead plays. Okay. I yeah, he you. he would not. He would not do something stupid. Now, I I mean, if he learns how to do it. There's... Well, don't you think, as a professional of what you do, how come? And you maybe you can answer, maybe you can't. It makes totally sense what you just said. I, I'm a hothead, and my doctor says what you just said. And I'm not an athlete. I'm 55 years old, and he tells me all the time, take a deep breath. Exactly what you just said. So don't you think somebody in the Chiefs would be teaching him that? Well, listen, I, I, I don't work for the Chiefs. I never have. Um, they certainly know what my phone number is. I'd be glad to go out there and talk to it. But the fact of the matter is that's something that I think he's got to learn how to do. And, I, and, and, and they may be teaching him that. He just may not comprehend it or understand it. I mean, look, everybody, everybody is – look, Joe, we're all raised differently. Okay, we're yes, all we raised are. from different environments, and there are reasons why we do things. He's obviously a very, very talented young man. He's very successful. He's very good at what he does, okay? And his energy level has gotten him there. I mean, a lot of the reason he's good is because of this. Right. But you have to learn where's the limit. Where's the point where I have to step back and take a breath? And obviously that's still been a problem, and it would be something he, that I think, you know, if he could learn how to do that, I mean, there's no telling how good he could be because I think it would enhance his game even more. But that's the whole thing. I think if you sit down and look at any athlete who has overcome some adversity of any kind and, and learn how to do it, they will look, go within themselves and learn how to challenge themselves. So, so a quick story. There was a Royals player I worked with years ago when I was – I've been the team psychologist a couple times. And when I first started with the team, this player who had very, very big impulse control problems came to me at spring training after a game and said, Doc, I, I messed up, man. you got to help me. And, and to this day – we're, we're the, we're, I still spend a lot of time with him. We're good friends. And he learned how to breathe, and that was exactly what I told him. He, he'd be at the plate, and he'd lose it at the plate. He'd be ticked off at the umpire, and then he'd just swing without thinking, and then he'd get all angry, and, and, and he had to learn how to slow it down. When he slowed and you, it, and you helped him out, and he, it, it helped him, man. He listened to you. Well, you know what? I, I'm not going to say who this guy is right now, but I'm going to have him on my show. I, he, he has told me. Okay. We've already talked about it. He's been on with me before. And I will have well, you him. got a great show, by the way, and 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 hopefully, the Chiefs locker room is listening to this. I mean, it's you make a lot of sense, and uh, I, I hope they're listening. I'm not a Chiefs fan. I mean, that's why they call me Joe Raider. But I mean, there's a bunch of hotheads on the Raiders. Maybe you ought to go talk to some of them too. But but it makes a lot of sense what you said. Well, let me tell you something. Just in regards to if we're going to break here, my mom went to high school with Al Davis. And uh, All right. there might be Thank a reason. You, man. There, Thank might, you. there might be a reason the Raiders are hotheads because Al Davis was known in his in their my mom's high school yearbook. His first of all, his name was Harris Davis, and he was the lunchroom monitor. So she she said he always had a temper, and it probably translated into the way the team is. I'm joking with that, but you never know. Listen. Oh no, that's 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 uh, that's a great great story. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna share one with you. I could get off of it if, if I can share it. So I got to meet Al. I mean, I've I've met him and. Before you know, he he got me tickets sometimes. I didn't get to hang out with him all the time. I sat in the booth with him one time. Well, I asked Tom Flores one time. I said, "Why is he drafting this guy? Why is he doing this?" I mean, he goes, "Joe, I'm going to tell you something." I said, "What's that, Tom?" He goes, "He likes you." 
This owner likes you. He knows you're a diehard Raider fan, and Kansas City, he likes you. Please don't ever ask him something like that because with Al Davis, you're either all in or you're all out. There's no in-between. If you ever said, why did you do that, you're cut off. So I just I wanted to share that with you. But that's great. Your mom got to go to high school with you. But keep up the good work. You know what? You're fun to listen to. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Even, even the fact that you're a Raider fan, I appreciate okay. it very much. All right, okay, take care of yourself. You. Thanks for your Bye. call. You know, I love doing this show every week. For you know, I, I like talking to everybody about different things. And as I said, I'm I'm 62. I've been here in Kansas City most of my life. I've gotten I've been able to be fortunate enough to have been in the Olympics in 1984 with our cycling team and been at World Championships. I've been at all these great sporting events, and I've seen so many things as a sports psychologist as well as as a fan. But but in the end, it still comes down to mindsets, and I think. We'll see what happens today with the Chiefs. You know, hopefully, as, as Joe just called about Travis Kelsey, hopefully, hopefully Travis Kelsey has learned a little self-control. Because if he can just, it's, it's that little piece that's the difference. But you've got to learn how to do that to get to the next level. Every week I try to bring up a topic on this show that I think will be of interest to you, our listeners. I'd love to hear from you. My website is winnersunlimited.com, W-I-N-N-E-R-S, unlimited.com. Check it out. All of our shows are podcasted on there, so you can hear them there. I have all kinds of information on there if you're interested in looking at it. If you want to get a hold of me, you can send me an email there at drj at winnersunlimited.com. You can call me at my office, 816-561-5556. Follow me on Twitter at drjsportspsych. All my shows are podcasted on my website, on my Twitter account, and here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. And I also have a podcast show called Sports Psychology Today that's on my Twitter account as well. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I hope you have enjoyed the show this morning. Love to hear from you with thoughts or topics you'd like me to talk about on this show. Get a hold of me at your leisure. Have a great day. Go Chiefs. And we'll see what happens at 3.30 today. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and we're in the leader in sports, Sports Radio 810 WHP.